0: Okay, so James starts off with count it all joy when you experience various trials knowing this that the trying of your faith produces steadfastness and steadfastness when it's had its full effect when it has its full effect we know is a fact we will be blessed we'll become complete, we'll become perfect entire wanting nothing why does God test us? does he test us so he can figure out where we are? No, he tests us so we will figure out where we are. You know, they, they had these little airplanes and they put them in a wind tunnel. The plane looks perfect, but then you start turning up the pressure and it starts going. Then you figure out, well, I have to change the design. His testing of us shows us, shows us where our Achilles are, shows us where we're abiding, not in him. And we finished last week talking about blessed is the man who has endured trials, for he will be, after he stood the test, he will be given this crown of life, which is given to all those who God loves. And this crown of life isn't the eternal reward of heaven. This crown of life is that you and I can experience the potential God gave us on this earth. Jesus came to earth not only to get... Sinners out of earth to heaven, but to bring heaven down to earth, he came to live his life through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit. The crown of life that we can have walking around, brothers and sisters, is Jesus, the hope of glory, living in you and living in me through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the next verse where we're going to start today is James says, if any man is tempted, if any man is tempted, let him not say he is being tempted by God. Because God cannot be tempted with evil, Neither does he tempt any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away, where he is lured, when he is enticed by his own desires. And when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, fully matured, it brings forth Okay, the core of understanding this passage is understanding our desires. Because it's the desire, and it's it's interesting, he talks about desire, the conception of the desire, this is just like life. Life is conceived in the womb, the birth, the manifestation of life, the manifestation of the desire is sin, and then the fully grown, as we mature, leads to death death of what? Ultimately, it can lead to our physical death, but it ultimately leads to the death of our potential as Christians, the death of you and I apprehending all that for which we have been apprehended by Christ. He purchased us with a great price. We used the example a couple of weeks ago, you know, you buy your wife a new Mercedes or BMW and you come home from work and it's full of dirt and she's growing flowers in it. It'll work. That was not the design. That's not what was created. It's the most expensive flower pot in the world. And Jesus has purchased us with a great price. And he doesn't want us to be a a Mercedes with flowers growing in us. He wants us to be a vessel just like he was, yielded, open, broken, for Father to take his hand and put it in us just like a glove and use us to express his nature and his life on this earth. Desire. We were created to have a desire for him. Adam had a desire for him. Eve had a desire for him. As Mark talked in the garden, they were there together. They were one. But after the fall, what happened? Man lost his desire for God. Man lost his appetite for God. And, but man still has need, so what happens? Man starts desiring many things other than God. And you and I were all born in this world with an appetite not for God, but for the things of this world. And this is why Jesus told Nicodemus, you would have to be born again. You would have to be recreated. You'd have to be completely remade because your flesh is flawed DNA. It desires nothing but your own will, your own way, your own grandizement. You'd have to be remade. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. So now we've been remade. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. We've been remade. But unfortunately, we haven't necessarily gotten rid of all our desires that we nurtured the many years before we knew Christ. And we talk almost every Sunday about abiding in me, because every moment there's at least 100,000 voices saying, Desire this, abide in me, abide in me. Now, sin isn't just the idea of wanting to do something bad. Sin by its definition means to miss the mark. It's missing the point. So anytime we're not right dead center, desiring him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength, we are off point. And the second we're off point, we're in sin. So the greatest sin in your life and my life are probably not the sins of commission where we actually go out and do something really wrong. It's the sins of omission, all the good that could be happening. Through us, had we been desiring him, had been in him. He created each of us, each of us, to desire him. The next verse says, don't be deceived. Every good, every perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation nor shadow cast by his turning. He talks of God as the, the, the Father of lights, his The moon, the stars, the universe. But you know what? If you look at the stars at night, have you noticed they they twinkle? They vary. They change. And one night they're bright, and the next night they're they're not so bright, depending on the the position of the earth. But he says, no, God does not vary. He's always there. He's always light. He's always loving you. He's, He's always ready to meet our every need. But he wants us. To to desire him with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength, and all our mind. And to the extent we don't desire him, what happens? Well, we start desiring this. We start desiring that. We start desiring that job. We start desiring that person. We start desiring this thing, that house, that car, those clothes. That particular political position, we start desiring things. We desire to be recognized. We desire to be understood and then desire, because we've already off mark, it gives birth to actually manifestation of sin. And that manifestation of sin ends in death. Not necessarily our physical death, though it can if we abuse our bodies or overdo something. But it means the death to the potential that you and I had as sons and daughters of the king. Jesus showed and lived by example what God made a man to be. Jesus says, of my own self, I can do nothing. The words I speak are not mine. The works I do are not mine. Jesus was the creator of the universe. He's the most unimaginative man who ever walked the face of the earth. He had no no creative ideas. He did nothing. He took dictation all day long and obeyed the will of his father. He said, my will is to do that of my father. My meat is to do his will. He had one desire. The desire of his heart was for his father. And as you and I can confess, agree with God, those things that we desire other than him. How do we discover what we desire than Him? Well, I, you and I know what we desire. The next verse tells us, it says, goes on to say, know this, brothers, every man needs to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and so to wrath, slow to be angry, because the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. So anger, what is anger? When do we get angry? We get angry when our desires are frustrated. We get angry when something we desire is not being met. We get angry when that person, you know, I I just love it. You're going down the street, they just decide to stop and take that U-turn right there in front of you. If we get angry, that means that we desire for people to be thoughtful. It's nice. I like people to be thoughtful. But if it's my great desire and someone is not thoughtful, I become angry. If I'm sitting in line at McDonald's and this guy comes and jumps in front of me, if my desire is to be treated fairly, I'm really upset with him. I'll punch him and I'll say, you know. But if my desire is Jesus, then I might say, Father, you know, you had this guy getting right in front of me so I can pray for him. If your desire is for your husband to be perfect, you might find yourself angry. If you, if in my case, if I, when I got married, I desired my wife to um, have a straight, a straight house. I grew up in a house that was straight. <laughs> she feels loved when the beds aren't made. She, she can do mess. Great. When I was really young, I, I put rheostats on all the uh, lights in my room in the house so when company came, I could just turn down the rheostats. You couldn't see the dust on the furniture. Rheostats are where you turn down the light. I just had to finally confess to Father, you know, I've got a, I got a treasure here. I've got a desire. I need to get rid of this, Father. I, you're going to be my heart's desire. And you know what? I started making the beds every morning before I went to work. No big deal. I still make the bed every morning. Actually, we got a new eye. Even I'm so in the habit of making the bed. We haven't had one for a bunch of years. I make it before she comes. But if you and I desire anything on this earth, you and I are setting ourselves up for frustration and anger, because in this world everything moves and everything breaks. Nothing doesn't move. Nothing doesn't break. It all moves. It all breaks. You know, can be mad at your children. You can be mad at your spouse. You can be mad at your job. Everybody wants to have a perfect job. You can be mad at the city. You can be mad at the government. But that's because our desires are on this earth and of the things of this earth. We are disturbed to the extent we're drawing life from flatland. And that's what this place is, flatland. If you're disturbed, if I'm disturbed, it's because we're drawing life from flatland. And Father wants us to get our heart's desires heavenly towards him. And when that happens, you can live, I can live with an imperfect wife, an imperfect husband, in an imperfect world, with imperfect children, in an imperfect church, with an old car, with an old dress, because we taste the kingdom of heaven, which is all that is good, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's what Father wants for us. He longs for us. He longs to pour out all his riches in glory in Christ Jesus upon each of us to give us exceedingly abundantly beyond all we can. We can't even think of the goodness he wants to give us, but it won't happen until we ask him, Father, would you make your will, your life, yourself my heart's desire? And we can't even do that ourselves. We need to ask him to do that for us. I'm going to close this in prayer because we, I took a little time talking about finances. But um, find yourself getting angry this week. Don't say, I've got an anger problem that I need to control my anger. The problem is we have a treasure, we have a desire, we have an idol, we have a God that's being threatened, and it's causing us to have a heart attack, and that heart attack is manifesting itself in anger or worry or anxiety. And Father doesn't want to fix that thing that's breaking. Father wants to fix us and break us from that thing that we're desiring and clinging to other than him. Let's bow our heads. Father, uh, we were born in a fallen world. We were born with flawed DNA. We were born with hearts that had no desire for you and we have learned and we did learn to fill our hearts and our minds with things other than you. We thank you that we have been born again. We thank you that you have Taken away our heart of stone and giving us a heart of flesh. We thank you that you have written your law upon our hearts. We thank you, Father, that there is a desire for you, but it's in competition with many others. So, Father, I would just pray for myself and for all of us that you would give us the grace to let our every thought be of you, our every longing be for you, that your will would be what our hearts desire, our every word your praise and every work to your glory, that we would desire you and your will above all else. We would obey your voice, abide in your word. We would deny ourselves, our flesh daily and embrace your perfect will. We would abide in your will and your loving embrace of us. We would trust you, Father. We would love you. We would thrust ourselves into your arms with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, all of our mind, and we would abide in your love and that your love and your joy and your peace and your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, your meekness, your self-control, your salt, your light, your, your very essence, your goodness, your wonder, your strength, your power would manifest in us that the world might be touched and blessed and ministered to by you through us. And we make this prayer in the strong name of Christ.